It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. that line i'm your host zach barry coming to you week zero we have got totals over under we've got some locks for that and then we are going to pick games for week zero not a lot but we still got stuff to pick we've got stuff to gamble on we are going to give you some locks again you can you can fade them you can tail them um but we are talking gambling uh, speaking of gambling, though, one thing you do not need to gamble with is whether or not it is time for a vasectomy or time to perform in the clutch. And if you're wanting to learn more about that or you're in search of treatments for men's health, look no further than Dr. Michael Jennings at Clinical Urology Associates. Dr. Jennings is an Ole Miss graduate, and he is here for everything from minimally invasive surgery, including the use of advanced laparoscopic procedures, and the Da Vinci robot for the treatment of benign prosthetic hyperplasia, prostate, kidney, and various other, wow, that is hard to say, urologic cancers. He, along with his team of medical professionals at CUA, look forward to providing top-notch health care to the people of Alabama and beyond as they accept all forms of insurance. So you don't even have to be from Alabama. You can still go and see them. Gatson, Boaz, Fort Payne, Gunnersville, Pell City, and or wherever you're from, Dr. Jennings at the team at CUA, have you covered if you're in a pinch? Go all in and lay the points with them and keep your health in the black. We are also brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm, good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates. Davis McCord is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Give him a call at 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Ben, Austin, Nick, good evening. It is finally time for college football. What an ad read. Sort of what an ad read. <laughs> Man, you just, you know, when you know, you know. If you, if, if, if you need it, get it done. You had me squirming in my seat over here. I uh, know. <laughs> I was literally rearranging myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's time. It's time to get rearranged. It's time to to get settled in. You know, get comfortable in that seat because we got college football. Um, I'm fired up to sit down this weekend and do absolutely nothing but uh, stare at a television and take in the games. But before we get to week zero, we do need to give our over under win total locks that we promised last week. Um. I guess we're just going to do it snake style like we always do. We'll all go around the room, pass the baton, and we'll each give one over under win total lock. Um, I guess since I'm talking, I'm going to go ahead and go first. Uh, First one, let me find it here in the spreadsheet to make sure I'm picking. Yes. First lock, I'm going wazoo five and a half, and I am going over. Oh, love, love, love Cameron Ward heading on over to Pullman. Uh, the transfer from Incarnate Word, most of you probably remember. Uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss recruited him briefly before he chose to uh, ultimately follow um, his uh, former coach, Eric Morris, who is the OC now at Washington State. Um, I like what they've got laid out on the schedule. Um, I really don't see much issue with them winning games in the Pac-12 North. Um, I mean, Jake Dickert, the the head coach last year, um, they won six uh, of their last eight regular season games. And I think you add in a guy like Cameron Ward, who lit up everybody when he was at Incarnate Ward. Um, I don't know. I just like it. I, I like the Cougs. I like to uh, get over five and a half. Yeah, I, I like that pick. However, my, my next pick is going to go slightly against that because I think it's a team that that my pick could be. They've got them at home late in the season. Uh, I'm going Arizona, which, uh, you know, it plays plays Mississippi State, so we'll probably be, you know, seeing them a little bit early in the season as they're playing an SEC team. Arizona over two and a half, getting down it. in the drags of the P5. I think that's the lowest P5 other than Vanderbilt. Over two and a half, minus 125. It's a little juice towards the over. Don't love that part. But the only problem I've got with the whole schedule is they don't have a guaranteed win on the schedule, which is not what you want to hear when you're talking about uh, over-unders. They they require you getting to three. Um, Doesn't really bode well. Let me tell you their non-conference, and then before I real quickly before I talk about their, their conference schedule, non-conference is at San Diego State, Mississippi State, and North Dakota State. There are oh. certainly better. There are certainly better. What are you doing there, FC, FCS <laughs> opponents? When, when you get a you when you when you're playing a pretty good Mountain West team and a mid-tier you know P5 team in Mississippi State, probably want to avoid the the non out of the last 11-year FCS champions, but whatever. But I will say they go – they they host Colorado, they host Washington State, they host Arizona State, 
and they go to Cal. I think there's some winnable games in there. If they could somehow get two of those non-conference games, which, I mean, say what you want about North Dakota State, it's still an FCS program, and this is still a, you know, a team that's in the, Pac, the Pac-12. And, and obviously winning at San Diego State, they open a new stadium, may be a little difficult. But if they get one or two of those, I, I really don't – I don't think they're going, you know, defeated in the Pac-12. They're going to win one or two games in the Pac-12. There's too many average teams. You know, Colorado's over-unders three-and-a-half. Cal's is only five-and-a-half. They get they get both those teams at home – or, excuse me, they get Colorado on the road, but, uh, but, but Cal on the road and, and Colorado at home. So, I, I think they're winning three games. I really do. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, like, they loaded up on some transfers, too. They took Washington State's quarterback, right uh, – I'm drawing a blank on his name from last year. Uh, I think they got a couple of linebackers uh, the, from other. Is it Laura? DeLaura? De yeah, yeah Jaden DeLaura. Jay yeah, DeLora, so yeah. I think he's going to be their starter, which is a huge upgrade at quarterback for him. And they didn't quit on Fish last year, their head coach. I mean, you know, no. he's not a very well-known commodity. I'm not saying he's the best coach in the world or even a good coach, but he had them fighting last year. They just weren't very good. There, were, there was just no talent on the roster. I don't think they're very talented this year either, but they are more talented than last year. And as you said, Nick, critically, they get their winnable games at home. Colorado comes to Arizona. They get Washington State at Arizona. Um, Arizona State. In Arizona there. State. Who knows what type of shape Arizona State's going to be in at yeah. the end of the year. The NCAA may hammer them midseason. Things could be falling apart, and Arizona may may still want in that rivalry um, at the end of November. So, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Just real, real, real quick, last thing. We're not going to, you know, it's not an Arizona podcast, but they do get transfers from UCLA, started seven games last year. USC started six games last year. And a guy who's played 24 total games in Michigan, all on the defensive side of the ball. Mm. They just got to right. win three games. At three and nine, this is still a really bad football team. And that wins the bet. I like it. Go ahead, Austin. All right. I'm just going to briefly talk about my methodology because if anybody's foolish enough to like tell my picks, I think I want to at least share like what my thought process is. So I put them into three buckets. I do like almost certain wins, almost certain losses, and then toss-ups. And I'm defining certain wins and losses as anything plus or minus more than seven. So um, essentially two scores, right? Toss-ups are anything less than that. So minus four plus four, minus six plus six, that's a toss-up for me. Um, And then of the toss-ups, I'm giving the team 50% of those wins. All right, so that's the methodology. I'm not telling you that's – the only way to do it or even like a good way to do it that's just the way i do it um so with that preamble in mind give me minnesota the golden gophers over seven and a half um damn it this feels like a layup and when they feel that easy you're usually dead ass wrong but a couple things to note there's not a sure loss on their schedule they do not draw ohio state and they do not draw michigan so in the Big Ten, you avoid both of the bullies on the block. Their toughest game is at Penn State. I'm not high on Penn State this year. I'm not impressed with James Franklin generally, and I, I don't think um, Penn State's quarterback is all that good. And at that point in the season for Penn State, they things may be a little shaky. Outside of that game, I really – at Wisconsin? At Wisconsin, but that's sort of a rivalry game, and I know every game in the Big Ten is. They all play for trophies, but that's a big one. Um, they beat them think, last year. Yeah, and I think Minnesota's the better team. I really do. The thing to note also, they return their 
quarterback who's been there for 12 years, Tanner Morgan. They return their running back. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Is it Ibrahim? Mohamed Ibrahim. Yeah. So he tore his knee up the first game of the year last year against Ohio State. Didn't play the rest of the season. If he had, he would have been among the. And they still hung with them in that game for a little bit. Yeah, right, right. And he's one of the top three or four running backs in college football. I mean, he's a, you know, potentially an early round pick um, next year. And here's the other kicker for me. They returned their offensive coordinator from two years ago in Kurt Shiraka. Two years ago, as uh, Nick, keep me honest here, they beat Auburn in the ball game. Is that right? Yeah, yes. yeah, 31-24, that's right. Yeah, so that was a Kirk Chiraka year. Last year, they took a step back on offense. They had a really, really simple offensive game plan and approach, and they lost their best weapon. So they didn't have the results last year. I think they're due for a huge bounce back this year. Again, zero certain losses on the schedule. Um, I count about five certain wins. So then you're saying seven toss-ups. Give me three and a half of that seven that gets me to yeah. eight and a half. I just have to go over seven and a half. That's an easy bet for me. Minnesota over seven and a half. I like and it. They, the only thing that concerns me is they they do have five road conference games. Yeah, that's the only thing that you know. It's yeah, that but, unbalanced schedule. They've got four home games, five road. But just three and zero oh in non-con, and then just go five and four, and like you're golden. Yeah, and exactly. one of those is Rutgers, so really just go four and four. Right. And uh, Bill C's SP plus numbers are out, and they project as a top ten defense. Now it's not a, mm. you know, it's not a perfect storm, or it's not a, a guarantee, but that still makes you feel pretty good in in a in a Big Ten that's this kind of top heavy mm. with mm-hmm. with Ohio State and I don't know, Michigan's still up there, but um, yeah, I was I was looking and- at that one, so that's I like that pick. Not to belabor the point, but it's also just a fade of a couple of other teams that I'm not impressed with this year. Penn State, I don't think, is going to have a great season. And Michigan State being ranked at 15, I think, is absurd. Like, there's no way they duplicate their success last year. I think Michigan State's win total last season was like sub seven, maybe six and a half or six. And they end up winning, what, nine or ten games. They're not going to do that again. It's just not going to happen. So I think Minnesota is a better team. All right. So – I'm gonna I'm gonna I kind of do the same thing that Austin does when I'm looking at at win totals uh, for the season. I look at lines and I do the very same thing with the buckets. I put the I think these are the wins. I think these are the losses, and I think these are the toss ups. And I I go through that analysis in every single SEC game or team that we picked uh, last uh, week, or at least I went through the analysis for each of them. And that's just kind of how I I determine okay, they're kind of in this range for me. And so when I was looking at teams, I said, I'm going to stay in the Big Ten, and I'm going to go – and oh, I also want to add this caveat. Nick talked about this, I think, before the show. I don't know that we've talked about it since we started, is that um, the lines – sometimes if you pick the over – let's say right now, and I'll get this out of the way, none of us are going to pick over for Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia – those are likely all going to hit. They're all at 10 and a half. They're likely all going to win at least 11 games. But you have to lay, you know, it's like minus 200 and minus 230 and minus 250. Those Crazy are the biggest genius. numbers on the board. I mean, you're you're basically betting the farm for 100 bucks, And so it's really not, not worth it for us to go through it because, yes, I could sit here and be lazy and say, just take all three of those, I'm done. Y'all talk about everything else. 
but everybody already kind of knows that. So mm-hmm. those are kind of three locks that we would probably play if we just had money to throw around. But but this is going to be we're going to look at also the juice on each side when we're doing this. So with that said, I'm going to I'm going to take some plus juice here and go um, a Nebraska under seven and a half. So, oh, I don't like that. I, I knew that you wouldn't, Hell but yeah. that's fine. So <laughs> um, Nebraska has a transfer quarterback in, Casey Thompson, who's not any good. I don't know where everybody's getting this. Like he's going to be able to get – Nebraska went three and nine last year. They went one and eight in the Big Ten. And this year they play both Ohio – I'll just run through the schedule right quick. They're going to lose to Oklahoma at home. They're going to lose at Michigan. They're going to lose to Wisconsin at home. And they're going to lose at Iowa. So you've got four guaranteed losses there. If they open up the season with loss to Northwestern, we're already winning. Okay. And oh, so that, that's not that. Well, either way. So, I mean, I can Nick, say you're going against Rutgers, a guy named Fitzgerald at, in, in Ireland? That's at true. Purdue. At, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about the Minnesota at home. Are they going to beat them at home? So I didn't even mention them. No, so yeah, you're right. You're right. Point being is I'm, I'm thinking that six and a half would be a better line here. So I did the very same thing that Austin does. Nebraska, you could put the games I really like. They're going to beat North Dakota. They're going to beat Georgia Southern. That's two wins. They're probably going to beat Indiana at home. That's three wins. They're probably going to win at Rutgers. That's four wins. And even if we give them the game at Purdue, that's five wins. And Illinois at home, that's six wins. I can't get to two more. They play at Iowa, likely a loss. We could call it a toss-up. They're going to lose to Wisconsin and Michigan. I mean, there's and Minnesota. There's only I mean, Oklahoma left. I mean, it's just not there. So I'm going to go um, um, six and a half would be the line. And to me, I just don't see that Nebraska is going to do it. For somebody to bounce back from three and nine to seven and five or better, or I guess eight and four or better, typically that takes a coaching change. I would like to see how many schools increase their win total by five wins when you're, you don't either have a coaching change that year or that guy's in his second year. How many years do y'all think Scott Frost has been at Nebraska? Oh, I know the answer. Is this five? Like five? Seven. Seven. Oh. You know what his record is in Nebraska? It's not good. Uh, it's at least 20 games under 500. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, uh, I'm sorry, it is his fifth year at Nebraska. 15 and 29. And uh, so, point, and so anyway, point being, and that's in the big, anyway, point being, I just don't see them doing it. They, they're almost dead last in sacks every year in the Big Ten. They're almost dead last in turnovers. They only return one player in the secondary that has an interception. I, I don't like Nebraska at all. I don't see that. And I know that they're like kind of everybody's quote unquote media darling because they were good in the 90s and everybody thinks that because you're good in the 90s or 80s or whatever that your program is just an elite program, they're not there anymore. And so I just – I can't pick them to win eight games until they do it. So I'm going to go under seven and a half. I mean, they they legit might lose this weekend. Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, yeah, I love that. I mean, I – not a believer. Ben, you mentioned Frost's record. I think this is right, and if I'm wrong, y'all can tweet at Zach um, later. But – I think Frost has underperformed the season win total by like two and a half games every year that he's been in Nebraska. So he's not just like going under by a game. 
Like they're not even close to the win totals that Vegas has set for them for the last five years. Uh, um, and, and speaking of, of North Dakota, I know you mentioned them for future reference and maybe the subject of a future um, podcast for us. I don't know that North Dakota can beat them outright, but I'm pretty sure they played North Dakota without rest after Nebraska gets back from Ireland. Is that right? Yeah, they do. What? That's right. Six, wow, that's six so days stupid. or seven days apart. That's right. Yeah, six days apart. Wait, after like, coming back from Ireland in a conference game, you're going to play Dakota Fighting Hawks or North Dakota State. No, no, North Dakota. Who's yeah, decent? Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. North Dakota State. They're not like elite, but they're, they're oh, decent. Oh, okay. okay. Give me a big number in that game, and I will be on North Dakota. So let's circle back to that one when, when it's appropriate. And then they followed up with I don't know what Georgia Southern runs now, but like this is not a good recipe. Like your first four games, you fly to Ireland, come back, play North Dakota, then you play Georgia Southern. Who, I don't know what they're going to run, but let's, do they run the triple option? They I, may. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, if they run they, the triple option, you have to follow that up with Oklahoma. It's like yeah. that's a tough start. I mean, I would take the next three games or four games over that: Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, and uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I like it. Kyle Schweigert is the coach of North Dakota. They went That's a, uh, five now, and six and Nick, last year. Nick, the play? reason I did that is part. Remember that that's with a caveat that I'm actually, I'm not laying like 140 there. It's a plus plus 100 bet. I would just rather take my chances of them not getting to the eighth win and get even money than bet 150 to win 100. Mm. Agree. No, I'm with you. Do you mind, speaking of Georgia Southern, do you mind who the coach at Georgia Southern is? Clay Hilton, right? Yeah, Clay Hilton. Oh, that's wow. right. Yeah. A name I haven't heard in a while. Okay, uh, so which which school is Nebraska going to play where Scott Frost is a better coach? I don't know. Clay Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brent Venables? It's a true who can say <laughs> situation. Ooh. Tom, uh, Allen, Tom Allen's a better coach. I mean, Illinois. I would, I'd probably say Greg Schiano's a better coach. Oh, I like Bert. Yeah, I Bert's think a Bert better over coach. Scott Frost. Yeah, um, matter of fact, if Lane Kiffin ever left, I take Bert in Oxford. To be honest. Oh, my. <laughs> next, I take. Next, next. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not better than Jeff Brom. Um, all right. My next one. I'm gonna keep it short. I got South Carolina over six wins. Um, Talked a lot about him last week. Love everything about the vibe that Shane Beamer has going in Columbia right now. And look, I'll keep it simple. They managed to win seven games last year. And I don't think anybody in here could name the quarterback that they had. I mean, it was a GA. I don't think Beamer could name the quarterback that they had. Yeah, no. I don't know. That quarterback and, can name the quarterback. And you say what you want about Spencer Rattler, say what you want about his attitude and if he's good for the locker room, whatever, but he's very talented and they're going to have an actual threat at quarterback. Um, I love their defense. The front seven is going to be nasty. They've got a lot of returning guys, a lot of blue chip returners up front. And I think they're going to be talented at the receiver position. It South Carolina always low key seems to have a really good tight end. Um, they may not be, you know, Kyle Pitts or, or Evan Ingram or, you know, a, a big-name guy that's going to go, you know, first two days of the draft, but they always have a very productive tight end that can pick up those first downs, you know, third, medium, third, nine. 
Um, and I, I think Rattler's the X factor. I'm not saying he's going to be a Heisman, you know, finalist or anything, but just them being able to win seven games in year one with Beamer without a freaking quarterback. Um, I, I, Luke Doty played at times as a, as a true freshman, I believe, and then he got hurt and then they had to have a GA come and play. Um, they moved uh, Dakirian Joyner to wide receiver, so he wasn't a quarterback. So them getting to seven last year without having Spencer Rattler, and then now they have him, I, I'm I'm penciling that in as uh, over six, which um, minus 130. Didn't they get the transfer tight end from Oklahoma as well? They did. Um, he is buddies with Rattler. Um yeah, pretty oh, good, right? Stogner, is that it? Yeah, there you go. Good pull. Um, Austin Stogner, yeah, big, big target. Good um, name. Yeah, so, they, well, there you go. There's another tight end for, for South Carolina. But, yeah, I I don't know. Could could be way off base, but I feel like that's easy. I like it. I think the worst you're going to do is a push there. Yeah. All right, I'll go uh, next if you guys don't mind. If I told you – this was the last five years of this team. I want you guys to be a, a relatively uh, – just give me an over-under on this team, just based on their records last five years. Four and eight, six and six, five and seven, oh and ten in the COVID year, and four and eight. What would y'all set it at this upcoming year, roughly? Four and a half. Yeah, three mm-hmm. – maybe four, four and a half, right? What if I told you you can get two and a half, a little juice to the under – I mean, to the over, minus 125, on the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. Oh my God. <laughs> this is some degenerate shit. This right is, here. It seems crazy. We've just got to win two and a half games, right? We play Nichols at home. So now we've just got to oh win God. one. <laughs> we've just got to win one and a half games. Last year, they beat Troy, who they get again this year. They beat South Alabama, who they get again this year. They lost to. Louisiana by five points on the road. They lost to Arkansas State by three points on the road. And they lost to Texas State by eight points on the road, all of whom they obviously yeah. play again this year. Two of those three at home. I just need two games uh, out of Louisiana, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama, Army, Texas State, Georgia State, Troy, and Southern Miss. Two games because they're going to beat Nichols. I just I, – does anybody know who the coach at ULM is? Just still Bowden. Oh, it's the Bowden dude. Yeah, Terry Bowden. No? Yeah, Terry Bowden. It's, it's, it's only his second year out there, right? Um, so <laughs> don't, don't ask still, me. Yeah, it is still Bowden, and they went. They won four games last year, and all they've got to do this year is win three games to get back to it. Like I said, <laughs> they've done it every year of the last five, except for the COVID year. Uh, also, one last stat on ULM in twenty nineteen: five teams. Average 250 pass yards, 250 rush, uh, excuse me, 200 rush, rush yards. Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, UCF, and Louisiana Monroe. The offensive coordinator of that year, Matt Kubik, he's back at OC this year after a two-year hiatus. Okay, they're winning three games. I, I just don't know how else to say it. It's free money. You say it's DGN stuff. I say it's a winner. This is Michael Jordan. Stop it. That gif. <laughs> Um, I don't, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, well, it, you can't hate it because because it's two and a half. I mean, there are very few teams you can look at and you know not except that are not named Kansas or Vanderbilt. So I, and I say, went back. Oh, they can't win three games. 
I went back to last year, and my over Kansas was one, and you gave me a hard time. I picked <laughs> over one. Yeah, I know, I know, and I've changed. I've changed. I've seen the light. Why are you bringing and... up old shit? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't tell you a, a single thing about the ULM team. I do know their, their quarterback's going to be a guy named Chandler Rogers, which he may or may not be related to Will Rogers from MSU. Point being is it doesn't matter. Two and a half, when you're playing in a bad league, which is what that they play in, they play in a bad league in the Sun Belt, or at least that you know, bottom of the league is bad. Winning two and a half games when you've got Nichols State on the roster, you just have to be not terrible to do that. Godspeed. You. Hey. There it is. The second one. All right, who's up? Me? Yep, yep. All right, let's go to the ACC. Give me UVA under seven and a half. I do not not understand this number. I I think Virginia is trash. They have a new coach in Tony Franklin. We have no idea how good or bad he may be. The the disrespect of Brendan Armstrong. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the only the only bright spot I can see on the entire football roster. I, look, I think Bronco Mendenhall did more with less there. I you know, I wasn't particularly impressed with Mendenhall at BYU, but when he got to UVA, you know, he sort of figured some things out in a in a conference and a school with, you know, rigorous academic standards, managed to get some talent in, sort of developed a brand and an identity there and you know, turned out to be a pretty good coach. I'll believe it when I see it out of Franklin. I, he's had elite talent at Clemson, and Clemson, as everybody knows, didn't win games over the last couple of years because their offense was incredible. It's because they had a badass defense, and they had studs on that side of the ball. Um, also, Virginia's yeah, offensive line may be the worst in the Power Five. It's going to be among the worst in the Power Five. They have zero returning starters. <laughs> they got a they got a transfer from Georgetown, like one of the best players at that division. On the offensive line, he came to Virginia, practiced for like a week, left, transferred back to Georgetown. So they have, they have nothing. They have nothing on the offensive line. It's going to be Armstrong's going to run for his life all year. I don't know how they score, and I'm not sure what they have on the defensive side of the ball. And their schedule is not very friendly either. Um, they draw Miami, Pitt. They play Coastal. Out of conference, Ooh. Coastal maybe it's at Virginia, but it's not exactly a you know a great home field environment there. So I don't see eight. I just don't see eight wins on the schedule. Um, and, and Tony Elliott, close, go ahead. I was going to say Tony Elliott benefited greatly from. Uh, have you guys ever heard of a guy named Trevor Lawrence? Um, yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. he made it look pretty good. When he was <clears throat> yeah, I think I said Tony Franklin. You're right, Tony Elliott. Um, so they close at Virginia Tech. Um, I know Virginia Tech is a first-year coach as well, but I just think going on the road to Blacksburg is going to be a really tough Pry- ask. Price is a good fit there. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, who's got the more talented roster, Virginia or Virginia Tech? I, right. I think that's – I think it's pretty heavy in Virginia Tech's favor, even though they've underperformed over the last couple of years. So I don't know. If, if you find eight wins on the schedule – Tip your hat, move on. But I think under seven and a half is the only way to go. So uh, just looking at Virginia's schedule, and their their non-conference opponents include uh, Richmond, who is an in-state FCS team that's consistently in the top 20 in FCS. They go mm-hmm. to Illinois. They get another in-state team that would want to sneak up and beat them. 
Old Dominion, and then they get Coastal Carolina. I'm just not. I mean, I, obviously, yeah. I get. I guess you got to schedule somebody, but what are you doing? And, and then looking back at their their regular seasons over the last five years, one time have they won one more than seven games in the last five years in regular season? I don't know why they would automatically they would they'd start doing it in you know Tony Elliott's first year. I, I'm with I'm, you, man. I'm this, with is you. A, this is a tough schedule. I mean, you, some of your home I, games are, are going to be some of your tougher teams. Miami's at home, North Carolina, Pitt. Louisville mm-hmm. all at home, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to – like Georgia Tech's going to have to be a gimme game on the road. Syracuse – and you're going to have to – you're going to have to almost have sneak your to road games at Syracuse, exactly. at Duke, at Georgia Tech. You can't lose any of them. Exactly. I think that's that's asking a ton. For, it says defense gave up a school record 566 yards – excuse me, 466 yards a game last year. Man. Two really good picks out of the gate from Austin there. Love it. So, uh, I'm going to have another one that Nick hates. What do y'all think <laughs> the number five team in the country's over-under is set at? Number five team? Who is that? Notre Dame? Number five overall. Utah? It's Notre, Notre Dame. Dame and Notre, Dame, and yeah. Notre Dame is eight, eight and, and a half. half. Eight and a half. Oh, I'm going to take Notre Dame over eight and a half. Um, mm-hmm. simply for the fact mm-hmm. that they very rarely go eight and four or worse. Now, they do have a tough schedule this year, and they do have a new coach in Marcus Freeman, um, and they have a new starting quarterback, but um, – And they, they open at Ohio State. So they, they do. They, they, <laughs> yeah, they've got – so I've got an 11-game schedule to win nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's a tall order, but, you know, if, if Notre Dame wins that. at North Carolina – I mean, the thing about Notre Dame is, is they play. It, it feels like they play teams like Navy every other week, and <laughs> that and <laughs> and yeah. they win like twenty-seven to three. So if you get through Ohio State, you get through USC, which I don't think USC is going to be good enough to beat Notre Dame yet this year. Um, it, th- think of this: Notre Dame plays Ohio State, Clemson, USC, and at BYU all in the same year. It's a tough year. But I, I actually, just think that they get to not, you know, go ahead. No, I know I'm I'm agreeing with you. I actually love this this bet now that I'm looking at it. Like let's let's assume that they lose at Ohio State and at, at USC to book in the season. They get one they get yeah, one more loss and you're still winning. They got teams like Navy, BC, at Syracuse, UNLV, Stanford, at North Carolina, Cal, and, and BYU soul schedule I was listed. But like, I mean, there's a lot of leeway in there. I, I don't this this over under I mean, higher. So it well, it opened at nine and a half, and everybody hammered the under to the point that now it's at eight and a half. I'm just going to play it back the other direction. Now it's just a little bit to minus one twenty five, but you know, give that to Not me bad. here. I just you know, if if <clears throat> if Notre Dame goes eight and four, they're already going to be upset with more. I just don't see that really happening. I know we everybody kind of like makes fun of Notre Dame. Well, they're always ranked highly. Well, they they've been in several college football playoffs or close to it you know it seems like they're always hovering around 10 or 11 wins they've, anytime yeah, they've I earned the preseason hype yeah every time i anytime i would see them at eight and a half i'm just going to go with the over and uh and you know play much take my chances well they they, they named they 15 they named returning the, starters too yeah they named the starter yeah. tyler tyler buckner who's in my opinion like a kinda, dual threat i was yeah. gonna say he's, he's kind of what everybody wanted john rice Plumley to be Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, That's right. That's he, he's right. big, a little bit bigger than Plumley, 
But I mean, every bit is athletic and can really run. Um, six touchdowns through the air last year, three on the ground, 634 total yards. Um, <laughs> similar, similar to Plumlee a little bit, completed only 60% of his passes, but he only attempted 35. Um, I'm intrigued to see what he looks like when they just, hey, here's the full playbook. Like, we're riding with you. Like, I like Marcus Freeman. I think it's a risk to hire him, but like, people love him at Notre Dame. Like, I mean, they are recruiting like gangbusters right now. Um, the uniform reveal that, uh, video that they did based on the hangover was some of the best production I've seen out of a college football media team. Um, yeah, I, no, I like this bit. I, so I when do. I was when I was reading about Notre Dame, uh, one thing that struck me this is like an this is tells you how much success they've had. So last year they went eight and one when they forced two turnovers or more. Okay, but the only loss was they got beat by Oklahoma State. Before that, they'd won thirty five straight games where they'd forced two turnovers or more. Like that's mm. good football. I mean. Ole Miss has forced Alabama into two and three and four turnovers and lost by 35 points. <laughs> These guys won 35 straight games doing it. Yeah. No, I, I don't hate that at all. I think that's I, – I, I like that. I mean, pulling up the SP plus, uh, Bill C's got him seven overall. It's the defense is top ten projected. Um, yeah, I, I think that's – I think that's a solid pick with the schedule and – um. You know, they're going to win the games they're supposed to. I think they may have the best tight end in the country, maybe second to Michael Trigg, but um, really good tight end. And they're really strong in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So when you're breaking in a new coach like Freeman, trying to find your footing and, uh, you know, develop a philosophy and an approach, it helps to have the training wheels of like one of the I don't know, top three, top five best offensive lines in football, yeah. and then a really damn good defensive line as well. We know Freeman's going to coach him up on the defensive side of the ball. The only thing that I would be concerned about if I were you, Ben, is just can they match that output on offense? Like, are they going to be able to score? Or they can just do the traditional Notre Dame thing, as you mentioned, and win games like, you know, 13 to three, and those count just like, you know, 35 to 10 wins. So, um, no. Marcus Freeman's 36, by the way. Yeah. If, if, yeah. You know, what are y'all doing with your life? And, that make, yep. Talking to I, mean, I, I don't know, you know, to each their own. Um, we might need to hook Marcus uh, with um, our folks at Clinical Urology Associates because I think he has seven kids. Jeez, um, Marcus. Goodness gracious. But, hey, I mean, when, when Swarbrick's paying the bills, I mean, he, he, I guess you can have as many kids as you he want. He can afford it, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Oof. Um, no, I like Notre Dame this year. Um all right, my last one, kind of rolling the dice here in my opinion, but I feel like it's good. Um, I am going to go to the Big Ten, and uh, I am going to close with – scrolling here uh, – Indiana. I'm going – at worst, I feel like I'm going to get a push here. I'm going under four. Um, they were bad last year. Um, Michael Penix is gone. I mean, even though he was hurt last year, he didn't stay around. He's gone. Um, I, I mean, it's gotten bad fast there. I mean, it went from, you know, COVID year, they were really good, almost beats them in that bowl game. And after that, they kind of lost their mojo. Uh, they didn't win a conference game last year. 
and, and I think everybody, for the most part, in the Big Ten is better than them. Um, you look at their schedule. I mean, I think right off the bat, they're going to have their hands full with Burt and Illinois. And then, okay, they beat the Vandals week two. Week three, though, against Western Kentucky is no gimme. Um, and then after that, I, I, th- I think they're staring losses to Cincinnati in the face. Uh, Nebraska, Michigan, Maryland's not bad. I, I like what Loxley's doing up there um, in College Park. And then they close with Rutgers, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Purdue. I, can you find me four in there? I, yeah, you've got six certain losses, right? Yeah, I, I just – it's tough. Three, three certain wins. We're going to give them three and then two toss ups. Yeah. You split that. You're yeah. looking at right on the number four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give them Idaho, give them Western Kentucky, um, a toss up with Rutgers, um, maybe a toss up with Maryland. But I mean, I think Maryland's a little bit better. I, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know that the bloom is falling off the rose with, with Tom Allen up there. So I, I, I'm going with Indiana under four at minus 110. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. 
from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee. And Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your Ole Miss fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. All right, the last one I'm going to have here is um, – I, I hate to keep doing these really low numbers, but it, it just means that after all my bets win, by like week five, I can tune out. Um, Kansas football, not Kansas State, just the University of Kansas, uh, over two and a half. Juice is on my side, plus 105. Um, looking at their schedule, they open uh, on Friday night. Uh, against uh, ne- next Friday against Tennessee Tech. That is a guaranteed win. Tennessee Tech, we know, is notoriously bad at all sports. Don't play anything well. <laughs> Don't pick that scab. Um, they, uh, so that's a W. And at this point, I've just got to win one and a half. And, and I wish they could play Texas 11 times so they could go 12 and a half. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, and, and I and I do look at the schedule when I look at you know kind of the, kind of the predictions and the teams picked right ahead of them are Texas Tech and West Virginia. They do travel to both of those teams, which is not what you want to hear. They also travel to Houston, which is another non-conference uh, opponent. But they get Duke coming in, not a very good Duke team, you know, coming with an, in with a new coach. No, they're going to be Duke. Yeah, I really think they're going to be Duke. And at that point, you got to get one game. And Lance Dippold, I think, is too good of a coach. He's had success everywhere he's been. I think he's too good of a coach to go zero and you know nine in the Big Twelve to go you know one and one and eight and zero and nine in consecutive years. I don't think they're going to do it. They're not going to pick off someone you know great, but I, I definitely think they could pick off someone like TCU at home. I don't think Sonny Dykes is a miracle worker there. Uh, they could they could beat West Virginia. They could beat Houston. Something like that. They've just got to get over two and a half. And and one of those teams is Texas Tech. Or excuse me, Tennessee Tech. Um, they bring back a, a, a ton of guys off of last year's team. It was, again, not very good. But they played better at the end of the season. They they lost by six to West Virginia, three to Texas, uh, TCU, uh, and then they beat Texas in the, the third to last game of the season. So, yeah, give me over two and a half. And I really think that this is one of those that that they're probably going to be two and two after beating Duke in week four. At that point, they just got to win one more game. <laughs> 
Here's and, a, and, like and being, being Mia culpa on last year making fun of you for Kansas. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. you're going to equally make fun of me with my last pick. I can assure you it's the uh, lock of the year. Hey, speaking of Duke, here's one. Here's a freebie for, for y'all. Here's a bonus one. You, if you can get Duke under one and a half ACC wins somewhere, do it. Why is Zach taking my picks? What are we wait, doing here? Wait, was that <laughs> their rules, Zach? Hey, that just that's just gracious. That's just good pod. Well, you can still do it. <laughs> um, I mean, Austin, I, do you want me to go since I've just given away my yeah? Last do one? it, do it. Okay, I'm gonna do Duke under three. So, if you go and look at Duke's schedule, okay, first off. Duke's defense is, like, the worst in college football history. They gave up 47 points a game last year. Okay. And and this year – now, they've got Mike Elko. He might end up being a good coach eventually. Um, But, you know, obviously they just got rid of David Cutcliffe or he retired, whatever. So, there's a little bit of an Oxford and Ole Miss touch there. Duke has three chances for a win this year. Three chances. They get and, – and the line is three even. They get Temple at home, and Temple is a better program than Duke But right now. But I would think that Duke is favored. I've not even really looked at it. They play North Carolina A&T at home. I'm not convinced that they can win that game. And they play at Kansas. Every other game this year, Duke will be probably double-digit double dog. Double-digit dog, for sure, yeah. And so this under three – is the lock of the for Duke is the lock of the year. You are pushing at three. So bet the farm. This is not legal advice. Bet the farm. Bet bet the car. You know, whatever you want to bet on it. Put everything that you've got in your account on Duke at the beginning of the year. Don't bet on games throughout the year like we all do. Just put it all on Duke. Forget about it. And then enjoy the benefits at the end of the season because they're not winning three games. Or they're not winning four games, excuse me. There, like I said, there are three chances for wins, and it's Temple at home, North Carolina A&T at home, and at Kansas. I'm not counting at Northwestern. I don't think that they can beat Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, I think we're going to see just how good of a fit Cutcliffe was for Duke. And not that he, like, you know, he didn't win championships or anything there. I mean, you can't. But, you know, he was a good fit for that program. He got the right type of kids in and had a system and a plan. I, I, this is – yeah, I'm with you. They, they may go win – well, I guess they're going to beat. North Carolina A&T, but I don't know that they beat Temple to open the season. They, they may not. If they don't beat Temple, <laughs> man, this would be like the – because if you go through the rest of their schedule, I mean, these are all of their winnable games in the first four weeks. After that, it's Virginia, Georgia Tech, who is terrible, but they're still mm-hmm. better than Duke. North Carolina, Miami, Boston College, Virginia, but they have to go on the road to Boston College, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Wake Forest. No chance. I mean, there's no – they're not beating these programs. And the disadvantage of playing those other equally shitty teams early in the year is that they still believe too. You know what I mean? Like like, like uh, Georgia Tech's not going to have quit by October 8th. If you play them on November 8th, they may have already laid down and died. But they're going to fight Duke on October 8th. Same for Kansas. Same for Northwestern. I mean, those, those programs, it's early season. There's still hope. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I was, I, I agree with that. I mean, the more you talk about it, I, that I think it feels. I, what, what was the juice on the under? I feel like it's got to be like minus one sixty. One twenty. Really? So it's it's hardly juiced at all. I mean, that that's a pretty standard number. There's no way. You're exactly right. I mean, Duke is is bad. 
under talented new coach. And like you said, they've got to start off hot or it's, you know, they're not even going to get to two. They I mean, average. I mean, okay. This is in 2021. All right. In 2021, they, they averaged 274 yards a game on offense. Oh my goodness. Like, Think about how bad in a in an era where everybody gets 550 yards a game on offense. Duke got 274. They averaged anyway. Uh, I won't I won't belabor the point. They're bad. I mean, it feels like. I mean, nine years is a long time ago, but it feels like it's 19 years ago when Duke was playing in the ACC title game mm-hmm. against yeah, Florida yeah. State. Okay. And, Sorry, I misspoke. I misspoke. I, that people are gonna be like, "That's not right." I, I, I'm not right. They averaged 400 yards a game on offense, which is still very low. When I saw 274, I was like, "There's no way that's right." It's 400, so that makes me feel a little bit better. But there's for their program or the the health of their players. But they're not, you know, no way. Yeah, still yeah. not winning four games. Yeah, they gave up 520 yards a game. Good lord. Sixty touchdowns. They gave up. Good God. Okay. Wow. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Take us home before we uh get to week zero. All right. So I think my first two have been they feel like layups. And again, they could lose. Any of these could lose. Who knows? We'll see. This one's a little spicier, but I gotta do it. Give me USC under nine and a half at plus one ten. Mm-hmm. The value at that under number plus one ten is just too good to pass up for me this was a four-win team last year they won four games i understand that they've retooled the roster i get that they have lincoln riley and they brought in caleb williams and the kid from Pitt, jordan addison a wide receiver i get it they didn't do much on the defensive side of the ball to upgrade and they were really weak really porous on that side of the ball last year and I, look to go from four to ten i'll believe it when i see it like you look at the schedule, I see six certain wins. I see six toss-ups. At nine wins, I win. To lose this, they've got to win 10 games. they got to win 90% of their games, and they play Notre Dame at UCLA. They play at Utah. They have a sneaky Fresno State. they got to go to Oregon State, who's not a pushover. I, I don't know. I don't see 10 wins here. I think Lincoln Riley's a pretty good coach. I'm still not convinced that he's like the second coming. I think he benefited from um, Oklahoma standing and status as a program. He obviously inherited a really talented roster. But, guys, y'all remember we we had games involving Oklahoma last year and the year prior. I mean, I watched Nebraska play Oklahoma to the wire. I watched yeah. Tulane. I watched Tulane almost beat Oklahoma at sure Oklahoma. Have. Should have beaten them to, to open yeah. the year. And I, again, he had impressive results. I know they made the playoff. I get that he turned out Heisman winners. Like, I understand all of that. But to think that they're just going to take the Oklahoma football program and graft that onto USC's program as it currently exists, I just – I don't think you can bet on that. And if you're giving me plus money on an under where nine, I still win on a nine, give me under nine and a half. Now, their football program has been bad, but would it surprise you at all if USC went to Stanford and lost? I mean, no, in week two? No. Uh, to your yeah. point about Duke, 
In week two, Stanford's going to care. And they're going to care when USC comes to town. And David, uh, what's his, he will take the air out of the football. For sure. And so there's, there's, not, there's not a lot of just, like you said, guaranteed wins. Fresno State, then they have to come back and play Fresno State at home. And it's yeah. not like they're going to lay down for USC. No, hell no. I mean, look, look, I mentioned the, the Nebraska game last year and Tulane. Oklahoma almost got Texased by Kansas. I mean, yeah. Kansas almost beat Oklahoma last year. Had them on the ropes. It took a Caleb Williams crazy play in the fourth quarter on a fourth down to move the chains and, and, and you know, preserve the win for Oklahoma. So, I, again, I don't think USC's roster now is as talented as Oklahoma's was last year or even the year before. Um, now, that's not to say they're not going to get it rolling with with NIL, with with it being USC in a couple years. Yes, they will be absolutely a nine and a half, ten win type of program and maybe contending for championships again. I just don't think it happens this quickly. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, what up? If you're you're three and zero oh in my book, Nick's uh, zero. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing else I can add. I mean, you're exactly right. Going from four to ten, that, to me, that's like the thing that sticks out the most is that's just a lot of wins. And ten and two teams were good. And we found that out last year. And teams that won four, four, you know, wins in the previous season are typically not. I love that pick. Well, that's yeah. that was kind of my deal with, with Nebraska, my first pick, going from three to eight or nine. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a huge jump. I mean, think about how – some of the best Ole Miss teams of our lifetime won eight regular season games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, just again, not to dwell a on lot, it, but a y- lot do y'all remember to... – sorry, Zach. Do y'all remember the UCLA-USC score last year? Oh, it was high scoring, right? Like 32, 65, 20... 62 to 33 UCLA. Yeah. That, was when, remember, uh, yes. that was when DTR scored and then signed a kid's like hat. Yeah, that's the same defense. Like they they get they got a transfer or a couple of transfers. They being USC here, but that's the same defense that UCLA put sixty two on. Okay, yeah, so. do do you remember the Stanford USC score last year? I don't. Forty two to twenty eight Stanford. <laughs> I completely yeah. forgot about oh, that. Yeah. If you get if you get forty two late on you by Stanford, by Stanford, David Shaw he runs eight tight ends a set, six touchdowns. Yeah. The Dude, Pelican yeah. had seven possessions. Yeah. <laughs> if this There's one drive a quarter, Stanford scored on every one of them. Seven, mm-hmm. 14, 14, seven laid out, Ooh. spread out over the game. I mean, so I just, USC had to score. I mean, it was 35 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they, I think, like, they could still, and they could still go nine and three and have a great year, but exactly. still win the pick. I mean, 10 and 2, like a lot has to go right for you and a lot has to go wrong for other people. I think this might be my favorite pick of the whole day. And I loved the Duke pick by me. So, yeah. It's just, it's it's asking a ton from a new coach to win every single toss up game in year one. Pretty much. When they got throttled by so many bad teams the previous year. Like yeah, these aren't close losses. These are not close losses last year. I mean, they were getting blown out. Y'all remember when Houston Knight came to Ole Miss in 2008, we turned things around, but that 07 Ole Miss team lost a lot of close games. Yes, yeah, exactly. They were close. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tebow and them being on like a touchdown involved Hemingway. It wasn't like it was we were getting blown out by everybody. Yeah, what's this the old saying? Thing. It's like 
lose big, lose small, win small, win big. I think we're in the win small maybe cycle for UCLA or I'm sorry for USC here. I don't think we're in the win big like life cycle of a program or stage of a program. Yeah. All right, Nick, let's, uh, I'm I'm throwing you the keys. Let's, uh, let's hit up week zero. Let's get it going. All right. Well, we don't have that six, uh, six or seven, actually seven, uh, FBS versus FBS game. So we, and honestly, we're not going to talk about them all. None of us have anything to say about UConn traveling to Utah state of which Utah state, not the best football program in the country. 26 and a half point favorites in that game, just to give you an idea how bad UConn is. But we do have a few of them. Uh, start off in Dublin, Ireland. They're expecting 13,000 Nebraska fans to travel over there. It's just a lot of people to travel overseas to see a team that went three and nine last year. Um, Nebraska, they're not losing this game. Y'all talked earlier about how they could. They're, they're 12 point favorites and the over under 15 and a half in this one. Give me Northwestern money lines, probably like 400. What? Um, Money line. uh, Um, No, I'll take Northwestern in the points. Nebraska is one of my picks for the – I just – I'm not on them. And um, if anything, give me Northwestern plus 12 simply because it's – I don't see this being like a high scoring – just like every Northwestern game, they'll at least keep it close. If Nebraska wins, they win 21 to 10 and Northwestern covers. Yeah, it's plus three twenty-five. By the way, if you did want Northwestern on the money line, I'm probably going to play it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with Ben. Like, Nebraska is probably going to win. Um, all jokes aside about Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. Shout out to Benison's in Evanston, fantastic bakery, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm taking the points. I, I think Scott Frost is it, they're going to win an ugly game, and everybody in Lincoln's going to be all fired up and, and jacked up and say that they're back, and then they're going to suck. So, can anyone tell me the Northwestern quarterback? Oh, oh it's was what is this Johnson, a trick question or is it right? like a? It's he's a former uh, South uh, South Carolina Gamecock, I believe. Alinsky? Yeah, Ryan Alinsky. Ah. Yes, this the name the starter for, for Northwestern this weekend. I mean, that, that goes to show you guys how little there is to know about Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern team was <laughs> Is there ever anything last... to know about Northwestern? Other than the no, NIL? They've been decent at times. We were ten and three back in twenty seventeen and then they won nine the next Big year. Ten West twice in the last four years. So yeah. I mean, yeah, and in the other seasons they went three and nine twice. Oh, right, but they still did. So they're due for another Big Ten West championship. Yeah, we're on the upswing. They lost. That's right, fifty-six to seven last year to a Nebraska team that was diametrically opposed to playing a game that was decided by more than seven points. They lost fifty-six to seven. Y'all are crazy. Nebraska's running this Northwestern team. (laughs) They lost. Nine out of the ten before that, though, Nick, were decided by less than 11 points. So, seven of the ten, Nebraska had covered – I'm sorry, Northwestern had covered. Um, what, what's the line? Because I'm seeing like 13s and 13 and a halves out here. Oh, uh, ESPN's got it at 12. That's just what I'm going for. If you're getting 13 and a half, then you, yeah, I feel like points. you'd be crazy not to take 
Right, Northwestern. Exactly. Well, then give me the big line, 13 and a half. I'm still taking Northwestern. I'm still seeing 12 on Bavada, which is – I'm not you know, I'm not saying that there are other – not other sites you can't use, but uh, – where are you on Vegas Insider? Uh, no, I clicked off of it. I don't even know where that was. I'll let me go back. Yeah, so um, well, if, you, if you could find 13 – Austin, awesome. what game, are your thoughts I, I do, you're looking? I do see a 13, by the way, on that at WinBet. So if you see 13, you know, get it. I, I'm I'm with I'm with Zach and Ben here. Like I, I'll believe it when I see it out of Frost in Nebraska. Like Casey Thompson may be a good quarterback. I don't think we have any reason to believe that. Uh, Mark Whipple, their new offensive coordinator, was at Pitt last year. He likes to chunk it around a little bit. Can Casey Thompson chunk it around? I, I have no idea. I don't think so. North um, Nebraska lost most of what they had on defense last year that mattered. Their defensive line was pretty salty at times last season. Those dudes are gone now. Northwestern's offensive line might be the best unit on the field, like in the game. I think Fitzgerald can take the air out of the ball, play keep away, play Northwestern football. He's obviously the superior coach. And I also think – now, granted, this cuts both ways. It's going to be a really weird, funky environment. Are they playing in a soccer stadium? Yeah, the you soccer have to. are – it's not uh, only soccer. It's the Viva Stadium? It's even wider. Yeah, the, the I think the the field is 120 yards wide. I mean, not obviously they're playing on a regular field, but the 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 turf. So there's a ton of space on the outside of the field. Yeah. So I I just wonder, you know, playing in that foreign of an environment, weird setting, and you're breaking in a new offense, new offensive coordinator, and a new quarterback versus. Fitzgerald and Northwestern, who have played the same style of football ever since he's been there, um, where you since can generally was invented. Yeah. exactly where you can generally rely on that style of ball to travel. If you're giving me twelve points, eleven points, or and if you can get closer to two touchdowns, I think you have to take Northwestern. Why? Why would you ever lay two TDs or close to it with Nebraska? There's absolutely no reason to think that they can they can beat anybody by that mm. score, and they may do it. Look, it may happen. These are 19, 20 year old kids. They're playing in Ireland for God's sake. They, like Nebraska could win fifty to nothing, but I just I don't see any reason to think that that's likely. Um, I don't know that Northwestern ever threatens to win, but if you told me it's like twenty four. 14 final would like that surprise anybody no and it could be 24 7 late northwestern score and backdoor you you know and yeah. also do, do the players and the fans and the coaches treat this like an exhibition game i know it's a i know it's a conference game but like think about for example Ole Miss goes to omaha nebraska to play in the college world series the teams yes we're playing for a championship but really while you're there everybody's just like treating it almost like a bowl game environment is going to Dublin. Does that happen here? You don't have the, I feel like you lose the, the edge of like, you know, traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska and Northwestern having to play sure. at Nebraska or in Evanston. Like yeah, I, I just, and, and, and to your point, who do you trust more to have their guys locked in and like ready? <laughs> It's not Medill journalism school. Exactly. If it's, it's not. if it's about throw ups per drive, then I, Nebraska is killing the game. Exactly. <laughs> Nick's just buying into drive. the how in shape Nebraska is. They're actually yeah. they're the junction boys this year. It, exactly. And we saw what happened with them. I, this is a sneaky, sneaky under team. I don't know what we were thinking missing on Northwestern, right? 
So it, the the line, and we're I know we're I looked at it. It's runners. four. It's four, juiced a little bit to the under, right? But this yeah. Northwestern game in Ireland is counted as a home game for Northwestern. They have <laughs> right. three Big wow. Ten home games. Yeah. You guys, listen to who they are: Wisconsin for homecoming, Ohio State, and Illinois in a conference in a uh, rivalry game to end the season. Those are the three uh, home games. They'd have to win five games on this on the season for you to lose the bet. I know they get Duke, Southern Illinois, Miami of Ohio, but they go to Penn State, they go to Iowa, they go to Minnesota, they go to Purdue. What were we doing missing this bet? Northwestern's not winning five. I games. almost did it and I picked Duke instead. Oh, That's a great worst bet. case. It's a great bet. Worst case is a as a push. I mean that this is brutal. I've never seen I don't know how the Big Ten let this happen. A team only has three knock. Can you imagine? Only playing three home games and playing well, five. They probably treat games. Northwestern like the SEC treats Vanderbilt. I was yeah, going to say, exactly. I mean, the, the game in Ireland may be more well attended than any of their home games this year. Oh, there's no doubt. I think they said they're expecting 30,000. The Ryan Field doesn't hold but 45, and they go to, uh, I guess, I guess the Ohio State game would probably be more attended, but that's it. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. all right. So I, I think the, we all, the Northwestern fans will at least know, like you have to fly there. Like Nebraska fans probably won't figure that out until, you know, they Google map yeah, it. And that's like, until they're loading up on Saturday morning. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting-edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options, and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis' leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
right. So uh, again, we're skipping UConn, Utah State. Nothing to say about that. We uh, another Big Ten team in action from Champaign. Illinois is thirteen point favorites over Wyoming. Over under is forty four, which tells you this one's going to be a barn burner. I'm laying the points. Give me the uh, Illini. Yeah, so Wyoming's very very good. Are they? No, no, and I I see that the I can get it at forty four and a half the total, and I'm going to take the under. Yeah, forty four and a half, Illinois yeah, and I, Wyoming. I just that is good. I was going to say I uh, Illinois, uh, Barry Lunny's back to help run the mm-hmm. offense with with Burt. Chase Brown, Josh McCray, two good running backs for Illinois, and then Tommy DeVito from Syracuse. He was pretty good a couple years ago um, and then struggled in 2020 in COVID year. They had a really – just a bad team. But he's a decent quarterback. I think Burt will figure out a way to use him and utilize him, and he's got some athleticism that can move him around. Um, but I just think that that's just going to be a very standard Burt game where they run the football, they're physical uh, – Wyoming lost their best receiver, um, and then their best, actually, run, their best running back, two quarterbacks. quarterback. Yeah. yeah, and then they had an Alabama transfer, uh, Keelan Cox, who transferred in. They were super pumped about him, but he's out for the year. Um, yeah, I just think Illinois is just better top to bottom. This is like 27-13 written all over it for me. Um, yeah. And Illinois is actually kind of decent, s- sneaky decent on defense. They gave up like 21 points a game last year, and and they don't have a lot of possessions because it's it's Bielema. So I I think that it goes under the 44 and a half, which is a low number for college football. I realize that, but um, not not here. I think it goes under. Is there ever a game that needed to be played under rainy, 57 degree cloud, you know, gray skies than this game? Wyoming, exactly. Illinois. It, it, it's not a game built for. That's for certain. But, I mean, just looking over Wyoming, they lost so much to transfer portal. I love Ball. I mean, he was a great coach at, at, at North Dakota State. I really I really thought he was going to do something uh, at Kansas State. But I, I don't think that th- this Wyoming team is very good. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, Austin, yeah, so, what do you think? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I'm same same as y'all. Yeah, look, I, I mean, Wyoming's – number 129 in returning production. They lost everybody that mattered on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I'm with y'all too. Like I'm, I'm buying a little Illinois stock in year two of Burt. I just think it, he's going to get, you know, his six tight ends on the field and they're going to do their thing. Um, he's probably never going to be flashy or sexy or any of that stuff, but against teams like Wyoming, which are kind of like diet Illinois, I think Burt just grinds them, you know, just, just, it's just going to be a rock fight. And yeah. uh, they get road graded, so yeah, it's like twenty-one to three or something it's disgusting. Exactly. I was going to say like thirty to sixteen or something. That goes over. I don't need that. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next up in the day is um, yeah, I'm I'm we're we we can skip Charlotte FAU because I'm oh, most excited for. All right, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. There's a game at 8 o'clock that I'm most excited about, though, from the Sun Bowl. Charlotte FAU, Zach, go ahead if you got something. I got nothing. Dude, I, I'm all owls. I, I do not buy the Wahili 
Charlotte hype. Um, it, it was cute, you know, youngest coach. He was really successful, completely rebuilt, rebranded. I mean, literally from the ground up at, at, at Austin P it was a, uh, it was a great story. It was awesome. Um, but it, it's just tough sledding. And, and I just think the owls are just going to be better. Um, I actually feel pretty comfortable in saying that this is, dare I say, a very comfortable win for, for Willie Taggart and FAU. I, I think, um, Oh, what do I want to say? He should have gotten out when he when he could. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking like a like a 35 20 win for FAU. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't. It's more of I just don't believe in Charlotte whatsoever. Um, and it just yeah, that, that's I, I was being facetious when I groaned that we weren't going to talk about it, but um, I mean they. FAU went five and four in the COVID year, um, and then five and seven a year ago. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to have some pieces. They're going to have some guys from Florida that that are athletic and can move. Um, Charlotte's just—I don't know. I—I I don't think Will Healy's a bad coach. I just think Charlotte's just a really tough job. I mean, I, I think if you made me pick, I mean, I said that it was a comfortable win, but I think it's really close. Um, if you've got the hook out there with seven and a half, then maybe take Charlotte if they get a, a backdoor cover there. Um, but if you can find it at seven or six and a half, I, I'd lay them. Awesome, Ben. You got anything to add on that? No, I, I cannot <laughs> add to the, this at all. That broadcast school school really paid off for uh, Zach there. <laughs> Didn't right, call him so, the best color guy in the league for nothing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The three best games of the day, when you're discounting the one, at least on American Soul, the three best games of the day, are all at night, overlapping a little bit. My favorite game of the day, a game that sold out from the Sun Bowl, 7 o'clock at night, yes. we're going to get to see the sunset over yes. the – whatever mountains there are. It's a beautiful setting. It really is. North Texas, a team that beat UTEP last year by three points in Denton, goes to UTEP. North Texas is favored by a point. I'm locking up UTEP. I think you this team is – asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I said I had a lock. This is my lock. God. I think that this – I think this UTEP team is going to be better than what they had last year. They went seven and six last year. Uh, Donald's really got them going, and finally in year five a little bit, they returned 15 starters off of a team, like I said, that last year played for a bowl uh, and played played in the New Mexico Bowl against Fresno State, played them close. Uh, this is a big game. Like I said, they've got this game sold out at the Sun Bowl. They're expecting a big crowd, a lot of energy around the program. They're getting a point in home, which doesn't really matter. I guess they could lose by a point, but they're winning this game outright. I love it. God. You tell. Uh, yes. You tell. They got Gavin Hardison. They got a 6 3 quarterback. It started all 12 games last year's returning. They throw it over the mountains. Like Uncle Rico. Guarantee it. Now, look. Um, look. <clears throat> Honorable mention CUSA guy last year. I would take North Texas. Um, 
It, interestingly about UTEP, I was reading about them earlier. I don't know why I was reading about them earlier, but I was. I did not know that they went 0-12, 1-11, and 1-11 in three consecutive years. And then when this then is- they went 3-5 three, three and five in 2020, and then went 7-6 and six last year. But uh, but they sputtered to the end. This is a very close game. I, I like the fact that you're you're confident on the Lockening UTEP and six three quarterback whatever you know transfer. But um, this is you know just a toss up game of a group of five or whatever you want to call them uh, opponents. It'll be fun to watch. I, I have no analysis for it though. But UTEP is a really bad program who just happened to go seven and six last year. Look, man, y'all know. I understand you, Tip. I understand El Paso is awesome. I get that. I was going to say, you know how I feel about El Paso. Look, you don't just roll into Sunset Heights and nestle in just below Mission Hills and and come away with a W. Um, The Sun Bowl is going to be just absolutely rocking uh, the people across the border over in – Chihuahua are going to be going ham. It is going to be just an absolute barn burner. Um, I love the you know, picnic. Northwest or Northwest North Texas is one of three teams in college football history to start one and six and make a ball game. That's, that's pretty impressive, actually. That's phenomenal. and they did that yeah. last year. Yeah, nice poll. Um, I I know it's it's pretty close. Looking at some of the analysis of of people breaking this one down with with algorithms and whatnot, but man, I, I love the miners at home here. I mean, I think it's close to being a pick them, but, um, but yeah, I, UTEP, I was definitely going to try to lock that up, but Nick got it, but yeah, I love it. All right. Is that Austin anything? So uh, are the FCS matchups in play two here when we go FBS versus FCS? Hey, yeah. If you've got a if you've got a lock, go ahead. I just wasn't gonna mention them, but yeah, if you get a lock, lock it in. All right. What's the uh, UNLV number? Oh, you're. Oh, you're. Um, let's see. I don't. Uh, UNLV against Idaho State. Twenty and a half. Easy. Lay them. Totals fifty two. Lay the twenty and a half with UNLV. Um. Idaho State's a bad team, really bad team. Yeah. UNLV is not a great team, but I think they're going to improve. Is Arroyo still there, their head coach? He used to be the offensive coordinator at Oregon, I think, uh, back yeah, in the day. Right. Yeah, I think they've gotten some transfer. I mean, hell, who the hell hasn't gotten transfers? But UNLV has gotten, I think, a couple P5 transfers. Their roster, this will be the only time I think they can say this all year, is far superior to Idaho State's roster that key number of, of I'm under the key number of 21 there. If you can't open the season with like a 38, 14 win over Idaho state, it's, the season's just not going to go the way they think it's going to go. I think UNLV season win total is close to bowl eligibility this year. Is that y'all have it pulled up by any chance? Um, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's four, it's four, four and, and a half. half. It's, it's, it's tilted towards yeah. the over. So it's shaded with the over. So we're talking five is what you're saying with the juice down to one ten. If you take out the uh, the over juice, if you can't beat Idaho State, you're not even approaching five wins. Like that's not going to happen. So this yeah. has to be a gimme. And if you're giving me under three touchdowns, that's an easy lay for me. So I give like me uh, the running rebel. Not to not to dissuade not to dissuade you or anything here, Austin. Mm-hmm. 
But the last time these two teams played in 2015, UNLV only beat them 80 to eight. Right. Yeah. I, so, I mean, so, real dumb score talk, I've ever I'm heard big, before. I'm a big college football fan. I didn't realize uh, Idaho State still had a team. The Bengals. Frankly, that's the, the, the Bengals drop from FBS. Yeah. And to, the Bengals play indoor, they play in an arena. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, the, the Vandals play in the Kibbe Dome. The Bengals play in, it's also a dome. It looks kind of similar. It's not quite as cool as the Kibbe Dome. I don't know the name. Oh, it's, uh, oh, it's, um, Holt Arena. Yes. Good. Oh, really good pool. Uh, capacity Holt is 12,000. Lewis to Idaho. It, so they it basically, basically looks like they converted the a gym. <laughs> they they pretty much play in the pavilion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They I play mean, in the Bancor South Center in Two Point, Mississippi, against I the Pirates. I love that bet. Eighty to eight. What a score! What a score! All right, I don't, well, I don't think it'll be that one sided, but it but they should cruise. They have to cruise. If you don't, again, if you don't win big here, the season's over. Their quarterback's a Wyoming transfer, uh, Vanderwall, Tyler Vanderwall. Don't ask me why they that. I would have started at Wyoming this year. Idaho State lost their last game last year to Idaho, fourteen to nothing. God bless. That's such a bad game. <laughs> fourteen Weber, to nothing. Weber State. I don't think people will grow up saying, "You know what? I want to go be play football yeah. for the Idaho State." I want to go Bengals. be a Bengal, baby. Weber so State. Get... Weber State hung forty on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Good pick. Jamie Lillard's. Yeah. Um, all right, two games left. Uh, just across the way, I think it's 45 minutes between campuses, between UTEP, New Mexico State, and Las Cruces. They're hosting Nevada. Should be actually a pretty decent game. Nevada's minus eight and a half. And I think they said New Mexico State's within about 2,000 of a sellout. A lot of folks that are going to some football games out in West Texas and uh, Southeast New Mexico this week. So that game is at uh, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. I don't have much to add other than I'm just – Excited to see maybe a, a sellout game at night on ESPN two late night. If, if I'm if I'm watching football at ten thirty on the Friday on a Saturday night, it's a good day. So I almost locked this up on two levels. I almost locked in Nevada under five season win total. They lost mm-hmm. everybody, like everybody, mm-hmm. including their coach, right? Their coach left to go to Colorado State. Took basically the entire roster, everybody worth it down with him to Colorado State. Their new coach is a dude who I think had no head coaching experience and is just a guy, mm-hmm. like a Nevada guy, right? He went to Nevada, I think, coached on the staff last year. Yeah, he was uh, a CPA that's, that's last old year. school, old Miss just, kind of deal. That yeah, like ex- exactly. Now, guys, he was the co-defensive coordinator at Oregon. The, the year prior to that, he was the linebackers coach at Oregon. Yeah, so never run a program before, and now he gets handed this awful roster – um, sort of in free fall after they lose their coach last year and quarterback and best receivers and like defense, like everybody. New Mexico State is not a good football team. Anybody that follows college football knows that. I think that's probably an understatement. But Nevada is terrible. How are they laying more than a touchdown on the road? Because to- New Mexico State is the worst FBS football team in in the United States of America. I think they I were. Think. I think they were. This year, I think Nevada is going to give them a run for their money. And New Mexico State has a new coach in Jerry Kill, who most of you will probably remember. Ooh, yeah, good call. Minnesota. Yeah, really good coach. Yeah, really good coach. Had some major health problems. Had to get out of football for a long time. Now he's back. 
I think he grinds this out into a really close game. You like I love the points here with New Mexico State. Not as much as I like UNLV laying the 20 and a half, but I think New Mexico State might win outright. So, you know, New Mexico State played in that weird spring season That's because right. of COVID. They got beat yeah. by Tarleton <laughs> yeah. Tarleton yeah. State 43 to 17. Yeah, they were just like off the circadian rhythms and off where they were off and shit because yeah, of they are so bad. They are so bad. They got beat two touchdowns last year to Hawaii, and Hawaii might be the worst football team in America. Like Whoa. that was pre Jerry Kill. Yeah. Man. All right. Does anybody want to know what their record was in that 2021 spring season that you you talked so bad about them losing to Tarleton State? I mean, what four and one or something? They went one and one. You guys. Yeah. 500 played, football team. They went through an entire, like, preseason camp to play two games. <laughs> Against Charlton State. And who was the other one? Like Dixie State, which is not Dixie even the State. school anymore. Dixie Utah State. They're Tech. not even called that. They're, what, it's yeah, not even a, Tech. It's, That's right. It's not a state either. It's not state. It's not Tech either. I, it's, I, I mean, I, I can't. Depends on who you I ask. can't imagine <laughs> going through a whole, like, they, these guys suck around through Christmas. I would be so pissed. To play two I mean, games against schools that didn't even play FB, FCS football at the time. I've been, like I've been with Austin all night. He has just been red hot all night, and then he goes and does this. This is like <laughs> the most insane. Like talking about how no, but I'm with you. So, I love so, it. People are gonna be they're, they're gonna be hyped in Las Cruces. And they are pack they out hyped in Aggie like, Memorial Stadium. I can't wait. Yeah, they're gonna pack it out. It's gonna be rowdy. They're gonna play, you know, jump or whatever, and everybody's gonna have fun. Let's talk about they New see, Mexico State's see. last five games of the season last year. They got beat two touchdowns to Hawaii. They got beat Utah State, who Nick just said was a terrible football team, beat them thirty five to thirteen. They oh, lost Utah State's Alabama. a good team. 59 to 3. Kentucky beat them 56 to 16. And they did beat UMass by two touchdowns. I don't know. I didn't even And they did beat UMass. So they're on a yeah. one game what? They're on, a, they're on a one game. They're hot. They're on a heater. <laughs> it, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Nevada at least scores points. I, 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 I'm, I'm being facetious. I really Scored. have nothing. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who's going to. You know, I, I think that I would probably lay Nevada here, but this is just a, until New Mexico State can prove that. I mean, God, you could send send Nick Saban there, and I, I just don't know that they could beat Nevada this year. Maybe they could cover, but um, it's just I, been a really bad program. I just have a hard time, even though Jay Norvell left. This is a program that had built yeah. some semblance of a winning identity from 2018. To last year, eight and five, seven and six, seven and two, eight and four. I, the combination, I mean, I know they had Carson Strong, who was back to back Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Um, they lost a ton now that Norvell went to Colorado State, but I just think the combination of just them believing they're better than New Mexico State and actually being sure. better than New Mexico State is just going to be too much for the Aggies to overcome. I mean, Las Cruces, uh, the motto is people helping people. I feel like I love it. Come on, just oh just take God. this one. People helping people cover spreads. That's, exactly. So yeah, they don't have to win. Just cover. Yeah, just cover yeah. the number. And by the way, yeah. let's quantify the law. We keep talking about how much they lost 45 players on last year's roster. Woo. Oh, 
Yeah. Right, there are two there are two transfers last year out of TCU uh in the running back room. One They're Zach Evans and Ole Miss. One uh, this is TCU. One Zach Evans Ole Miss. One Amante Watkins to New Mexico State. I'm just saying who who's to say who's better, you know? I mean, I don't know, man. Spaceport America is located in Las Cruces, so maybe he's just trying to get a jump on an internship. I don't know, but all right. Um, last game of the night. The cheapest get-in price of this game is $62 because the stadium is about as big as Oxford High School's. Hell yeah. Uh, the let's... Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex, which is a literal track and field complex retrofitted for football. Let's Vandy go. goes to the islands, 8.30, which is way too early for a kid from Hawaii. 8.30 Central Time, CBS Sports Network. Vandy is laying nine, and I would lay them. I think you got to. Vanderbilt is still an SEC team. <laughs> not Hawaii a is chance. Not, good. not a chance. Hey, these I'm guys lock- still get played to play football. Dude, I'm locking up Hawaii. What do you got? Nine? Yeah, let me see if I can get you a better number. I'm seeing nine. Maybe we could get you down at eight. Not that that crosses a big number, but it would make you feel a little bit better. Nine um, and a half. I see. I, I do see eight. I do see eight for Vandy. But I can't. You can get nine and a half. Also, it's that big of a, a difference. I mean, I come. I don't see eight. Oh yeah, I do see eight. Yeah. All right, we'll lay it in for eight. No, he wants. No, I'm. I, I, I'm half. taking. I'm taking the right oh, Warriors. So I see nine, nine and a half. half. Yeah, I yeah, see nine and a half in MGM. Yep. Plus yeah. Nine give me, five. give me okay. plus nine and a half. I mean, Timmy, <laughs> Timmy Chang's debut. At home, I don't care what Clark Lee said at media days. I don't care how confident he is. This is going to be the rock fight of all rock fights on the rock. And I don't know that there is any rocks involved. I, I'm, dude, I mean, they're going to have <laughs> slingshots without any rocks in them. But, yes. I, I mean, come on. I, I'm taking Hawaii. I, I, I think – just them getting off the bus. I expect the drip to be just off the charts. Vandy's going to be shook. Um, I, I know it's a completely different coaching staff, but I mean, still, Hawaii averaged 400 yards a game last year, um, 7.4 yards per pass attempt. Um, Timmy Chang, again, like I said, he's the head coach. Debut, you know he's going to want to make a splash. You know they're going to throw it all over the place. Um, probably going to be going tempo. I know Vanderbilt's an SEC program, but, are, I mean, look, I, I guess you can't really have jet lag going to Hawaii, but, I mean, a long flight. It's going to be a weird time change. I, I don't know. I feel like this one's bound to get weird, and I'm not saying Hawaii's going to win, but I think they can cover nine and a half. Maybe I'm just also talking myself into staying up and watching this and just having something to look forward to. Oh, Dev, I'm definitely going to watch it. Look, I don't really have a lot to add. I think the total might be 53, 53 and a half. Mm-hmm. If I can get 53, I think I'm going to take the over here. Simply Whoa. because I know, I know. Uh, call me crazy, but the um, I'm kind of with Zach and that the first, the first year coach is going to try to, you know, I don't know if it would be trick plays or going for it on fourth down or whatever, but they're just going to try to, you know, generate some excitement. Look, I don't know that Hawaii's going to have a program in 10 years. 
simply Seriously. because we don't really know what the co- you know the future of college football is going to look like. But um, I do think that uh, Hawaii can keep it close enough to cover. Um, I, it's kind of a stay away game for me. I, I like you know I you know respect the fact that Zach wants to lock it in and got no reason to go against that with you know because it's just weird when you go that far to play football. Look, Vanderbilt's going just as far to play football as as Northwestern and mm-hmm. and Nebraska. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, I, I just, to me, if not further, frankly, it, to me, I, I, it's just a, it's a weird game. Both teams are terrible. I, we talked about this last week. I don't expect Vanderbilt to win an SEC game again this year, which they're going to get close to, you know, the all-time losses in a row record. Maybe Sewanee was an SEC at one time and they haven't. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll take – Hawaii in the points and over 53 and a half, um, but I'm not locking any of it in. Real quick. Um, let's see. Hold on, hold on. Let me count. One. Over under 10 letters in Timmy Chang's middle name. Oh, oh it's from, from the islands, so I'm going over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, is not, it Tuiasa Sopo or something? No, I. it's 16 letters and it's two names. But it's like Timothy Kiali Okona Awa. I'm sure that's exactly it. You know that. I probably did. Also, if you want to feel old, because um, this is our Timmy Chang. You know, they said that it's not your grandfather's Tim T, but like this is our Timmy Chang. Like, at least for me, like I grew up watching him. Timmy Chang is 40 years old. Like that blows my mind. I feel like just yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. We are we are old. Yeah. He was in Hawaii too for like 12 years. I mean, I, I like he he had to have been quarterback there for at least four years. You know, like oh, I think every, about yeah. the the Ole Miss basketball team sometimes that went to the NCAA tournament run, Murphy Holloway and Buckner and them. They're all in their early 30s now. Yeah. Weird. I Oh, Austin, he was there five or close years. to it. Five years. Um, yeah. it felt. Uh, like- I think he might have. Maybe he got a, a medical redshirt because one year he only had 140 pass attempts. Still managed 1,100 yards passing. Um, but yeah, freshman year he threw for over 3,000, and then 0-3-0-4, he went over 4,000 yards passing. 17,072 for his career, 117 touchdowns. Just I think given given time, he could probably make their offense pretty fun and creative and at least not make them, you know, painful to watch. I just don't know that he can do it week one. I mean, they, they return only five starters on both sides of the ball. Um, now, keep in mind, Vandy lost by 20 to open the season last year to East Tennessee State. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody's just a bet like Vandy's just a bet. So, I I mean, come on, like if Timmy Chang and them, you know, hang 40 and win by 10, are you surprised? No, not at all. Look, the other thing, this opened at Vandy minus two and a half. And now we've steamed, steamed out all the way above a touchdown. You know, I, I think it may be time to buy back in Hawaii at this point. I, I don't know that Vandy deserves to be laying a touchdown on the road that's to I'm, anybody. I'm saying, look, I, I, I just – He's 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 the I mean he is their son. I mean Timmy Chang is their guy. 
I mean, look, Nick said it's almost sold out or maybe it is sold out. It, look, it, as raucous of an environment as, as, as it can be, but I mean, come on. People are going to be there just loving life because they're in Hawaii. And I mean, hey, we'll just go watch some football. You know, mm-hmm. an SEC team's coming. Let's play spoiler and beat an SEC team. I mean, they'll be fired up. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. getting fired up talking about it. I can't wait. All right, Ben. Let's 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 close the door here on week zero. So Ben said lock up his earlier under on Yeah, I'm not sure if he clarified that. Illinois. Illinois. Okay, Wyoming, I see it under now. 44 and a half. All right. Love it. All right. So, so that, yeah, that game, uh, Austin's got UNLV minus 20 and a half. Key number there. Uh, I've got UTEP. This is minus one. I should say plus one. Uh, or I guess maybe, maybe I should take them on the money line. It's probably about plus 110. And then uh, Zach's got Hawaii catching nine and a half. Ooh. Love it. We're we're already just coming out the gates fired. Um, I'm excited. We're back. Um, obviously, week one is going to be much more fun. We're going to have more games. We're going to have more locks for you. But we did throw you three apiece for season totals. Um, but there are the locks for week zero. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review. Let us know uh, what you like, what you don't like. Um Maybe not for week zero, but just because the schedule's so light, but definitely week one. I'm I'm thinking we're probably gonna tinker with some kind of recap show on Sundays, um, depending on the boys' availability. Um, but I, I'd like to do that. I, I think uh I think we could probably make that happen. I I I think I'm I'm speaking for everybody, but guys, I think we could we could probably swing that, right? Yeah, I think the outcome's pretty good on that one. Okay, yeah. So we'll uh yeah. Week one, I think you can pencil us in for another episode Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, recapping Ole Miss and the week that was. Um, But that's going to do it for week zero. We've got our season totals, locks for you, Um, and then also week zero. It's going to be fun. It it doesn't matter. Football is on our television screens. It's going to be a good time. But uh, thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to the fellas, Austin, Ben, Nick. Always a pleasure. Thank you to Clinical Urology Associates and Davis McCord State Farm for making this show possible. And uh, until next time, we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. 
Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.